I'm Out Hope. Welcome back to our Work Matters sermon series. Some studies say that throughout a person's career, they might change careers three to four times. That's not just jobs, that's careers. I want to talk about that a little bit this morning with our guest, Cassie Vanderlyn. Cassie and Thomas attend Mount Hope with their two children, and we're glad to have you here. And you've had a journey on your work career. And I want you, I wondered if this morning you'd talk a little bit about what it was like at the start of your journey uh, and thinking about faith and work as you started out on your job journey. And then also kind of where you are now, which is a very different place than where you've started out and how God has been involved in that. So thanks for being here, Cassie. And we're uh, looking forward to what you have to share with us. Thank you, Pastor Rick. I'm happy to be here. Uh, to answer that question, I, I think I'm going to very briefly back up to right after college when I was looking for a career. Right, A lot of us look for a career. And I, I sat down, I prayed, and I prayed for months before I landed a job in publishing in one of the most liberal publishing companies in the world. I, God made it very clear that I was to be in this publishing company to, to get my first job there. And as a 22-year-old, I didn't know what that meant. All I knew was that my biggest fear was that I was not fulfilling the will of God, that I wasn't walking in God's path. So every step along the way, I prayed before that God's will would be done and that I would be doing whatever work he had put in front of me to do. You were in that sector for a while, and then God kind of moved you to a, a different sector entirely for that. And yeah. how, did you, how did you know that that was a time to make that transition on your journey? Yeah. And how did, where, where was God in that, in that decision? Oh, what a great question. Um, I get antsy. I like change. Um, not many people like change, as far as I know. Uh, so I was praying really hard for God to make something happen. And he, he sent me a recruiter. He sent me one of the best bosses I've ever had mm. in the world. And I ended up in the technology sector as a product manager. So I ended up working again for a very large, extremely liberal company. So God sent me there. I, it, it was confirmed uh, through dreams, actually. God sent me there. I was listening to his voice. He confirmed it multiple times while I was there. And that was harder. That was a lot huh. harder. What in what I, way? What was what was the hard? What oh, was harder about that place? I would say in that place, I had a lot more responsibility, a lot more visibility. Everything that everything that I said, every uh, decision that I made was scrutinized. Wow. And I was seeking God's voice in every decision, and people knew it. Hmm. So I had an office for the first time, not a cubicle, but an office. Right? I put Bible verses on it. Uh, so that I could see them and people couldn't see them if they walked in. It was really mostly for me. Uh, one was, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then uh, everything I do, I do it for the glory of God. While I was working in every single one of these companies, I became known as somebody who really cared. And I think that's because every day I would pray at my desk. Every single day before I started the day. And if anybody had an issue or a problem, they knew they could come to me and I'd really care about them and help them 
regardless of what they ever did for me. Uh, they knew me as a Christian eventually, and usually pretty quickly, but uh, I got a lot of comments about, you're, you're unlike what I thought Christians would be like. Some of them had never met a Christian in their lives at all. And the, all they knew was what they saw on TV. And so I got a lot of those comments. I got a lot of people, or a few people at least, coming up to me and saying, you're the only Christian I know. I'm, I'm dealing with this issue, it personal or at work. Can you help me? And I'd ask, can I pray for you? And they would say, yes, yes, please. You're the only one I know. Please, can you pray for me? Uh -huh. And they'd follow up later. Hey, I tried everything. I tried, I, I tried burning incense. Mm -hmm. I tried all of these things and nothing worked. And then you prayed and I felt something changed and then it did change. Wow. That's and amazing. so, yeah. So I yeah. knew that God was using me in that workplace. Yeah. That's great. But that wasn't your last that's transition. That, that you, wasn't. You, so you transitioned, <laughs> you went from, from publishing technology and then God led yeah. you to a very different path. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How did you make that decision, and what was it? Yeah. So throughout all this, I don't. I don't want to say that it was. Uh, it was a, a walk in the park. It wasn't. It was. It was difficult. Through that, I felt very strongly that God was going to call me to entrepreneurship, to build something that was just for God. And I thought if it saves. If, if listening to God saves one soul, it'll all be worth it. So, And what's that yeah. been like? You stepped out. Uh -huh. You stepped away from the paycheck every month, the Garrett, right? You stepped away from that into, <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of trusting in God and in what he's put in you and his word. And that, that's a step of faith. Oh, that was so hard. But I'll tell you, I, th I, I like to think that not following God is harder than following him. Um, every, almost every life choice is going to be difficult. But if you have the faith to rely on as the cornerstone of your life, it does not matter what kind of difficulties come your way. And I'll, I'll tell you, starting a business and entrepreneurship is harder than becoming a parent. It was harder than, than being married. It's, it was harder than anything else that I've done in my life. Well, one of the things I've heard you say, Cassie, in thinking about this is you are more afraid of not doing the will of God than you are of stepping out into something like this that scares you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an excellent way to put it. And I hope that all of us, as we think about our work, would, would proceed in that way. Can I, can I follow yeah, that up with please. one other thing, yeah. though? It's not just about the fear propelling me from behind because yeah, okay, I'm afraid of not doing God's will. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, right? It's not just about that. It's about when we follow God's will for our lives, God gives us rest. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us strength. And the more we rely on God in every aspect, at least this is what I found, in every aspect of our lives, the more whole I have felt, the, the, the closer I felt to God, and the, and the more love I felt in my life. I cannot even tell you the joy that just fills me every time I'm sitting down with a client of mine and they tell me, hey, I, I just went to church for the first time in years because you told me it would be good for me. I started praying again for years 
I, I think I just met Jesus. I think God's talking to me now. And I'm talking to them about their finances. So the joy that fills me knowing that God is using me is greater than the fear that got me there in, in the first place. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, Cassie. Thanks for letting us have a little peek into the journey that God has been taking you on and sharing about how faith has intersected with your work in the workplace. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, happy to. It's pretty cool to hear from people in our body that are uh, honoring God and glorifying God in their workplace, isn't that? Pretty cool. Uh, good morning, Mount Hope. Uh, my name is James, and I am excited to be able to bring God's word to you this morning. As we get started, I, I want to take a quick plug while I have the opportunity to for our Ignite student ministry. We have an amazing student ministry full of amazing uh, leaders, amazing students. Any Ignite students in here this morning? We got one, one in the back? Okay. Uh, and so we're, we're excited to uh, be coming up on this retreat that we have coming up January 12th through the 14th uh, at Camp Berea. And so I want to just throw that out there to you yet. If you're a middle school student or a high school student, don't miss that. Get signed up. There's tubing. We're going to jump in a frozen lake. Uh, we're going to hear from God's word. We're going to worship. Trust me, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. So get signed up for that. Parents, others who are in the room, maybe you don't have a middle school or high school student, uh, you want to come as a leader, come talk to Ting, talk to myself, talk to Valentina. You want to, if you're crazy enough to do that, if you want to come, if, uh, if you want to give to that effort so that students are able to go who might not otherwise be able to go, just come talk to us and we'd love to find a way to get you connected into that work. But we love getting to work with the students of Mount Hope. We've been in our work series, Work Matters. We're talking about pleasing God in our work. How do we do that? And so last week, uh, Pastor Rick kind of uh, got us started. And this is, this is an important topic, right? Because in your career, the average person will work 2,500 hours a year. It's a lot of a lot of hours. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you do that like in a day, 2,500 hours. That's, that's, that's what it feels like, right? If you work from your mid-20s to your mid-60s, on average, you will, work, you will have worked 80 to 100,000 hours. So this is important. Uh, this is an important topic. How do we please God in that time that we give in our work? And I've served here on staff uh, under Pastor Rick since 2017. And I found out that I've actually been following in his footsteps much longer than that. I began my illustrious career at Market Basket at 15 years old, Demoulas, as he would call it, right, last week. And uh, nothing like pushing carriages in December that will make you just build character and also question your life. Uh, <laughs> question the meaning of life, right? And so that's where my career began. I've always been a little bit entrepreneurial. I was like selling pens in fourth grade. I don't know why pens were the thing, but selling pens in fourth grade and eventually started a landscaping company when I was 19 and worked hard at that, put myself fully into that, had like 10 to 15 employees at one point and ended up selling that company when I was 
26, 27, around that time. And uh, that was just a, a great season of life. And then God, during that time in 2017, came on staff here as the youth pastor and then uh, the worship leader. And so God has kind of been directing my steps all of this way and, and even then uh, getting involved in a corporate sales job. Now I'm bi-vocational as I serve here at Mount Hope. But I can, if I'm honest, looking back, Pastor Rick's message on work, there were seasons of my life where work was the ultimate focus and goal and meaning of my life, right? I, I attached my ultimate meaning to how big the company got, how good the sales were, how nice the equipment was, how many employees I had. And uh, as we found out last week, trying to find ultimate meaning in our work is like chasing the wind, right? That we'll never find ultimate satisfaction in it, though there are good things in it. And what I want to continue to do this morning is establish our theology of work. That be, uh, we are a Bible-believing church, are we not? Right? And so we want to see what does the Bible have to say about this work that we're going to do, that we're going to commit our lives to be doing. And so uh, that's why we've started to unpack this. And this morning I want to talk about the question, uh, how our work from God is a blessing and not a curse. And so I want you to open your Bibles uh, with me, if you could, to Genesis chapter 1. If you're new to church, if you're new to the Bible, it's, it's not difficult. Go to the table of contents and turn right. It's the first page there, Genesis chapter 1. And everything begins here as it relates to work. I want you to find Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Everything begins here as it relates to work. And I would ask that we could just take a moment to pray together as we get into God's word and ask him to guide this time. Lord, thank you for your word and the opportunity to just gather with your people. What a joy it is to be together and to sing and to worship you, to open your word, to gather with your people. Lord, may you show us what you want us to see this morning. In your word, would you open our eyes? Lord, would you let my words be guided by your words? Let me say what you want me to say this morning. And let us respond accordingly to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you're there, say I'm there this morning. Genesis 1:26. Cool, let's go. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. I'm out, Hope. Welcome back to our Work Matters sermon series. Some studies say that throughout a person's career, they might change careers three to four times. That's not just jobs, that's careers. I want to talk about that a little bit this morning with our guest, Cassie Vanderlyn. Cassie and Thomas attend Mount Hope with their two children, and we're glad to have you here. And you've had a journey on your work career. And I want to, I wondered if this morning you'd talk a little bit about what it was like at the start of your journey uh, and thinking about faith and work as you started out on your job journey. And then also kind of where you are now, which is a very different place than where you started out and how God 
God has been involved in that. So thanks for being here, Cassie. And we're uh, looking forward to what you have to share with us. Thank you, Pastor Rick. I'm happy to be here. Uh, to answer that question, I, I think I'm going to very briefly back up to right after college when I was looking for a career. Right, A lot of us look for a career, and I, I sat down, I prayed, and I prayed for months before I landed a job in publishing in one of the most liberal publishing companies in the world. Isaiah 64, verse 4, says this. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Our God is a working God, and he assigns work to his image bearer. Follow me to uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Flip one page over. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So he's put the man in the garden to work it and keep it. We as humans have been made in the image of God. In the creation order, in God's creation order, he has set man above the plants, above the trees, above the animals, because we are his image bearers. And before even the fall, before even sin enters the world, what do we see? That Adam is formed in the image of God, and then he gets to work. There is working to be done. He, God's first instruction that God gives to Adam is to work. It's a sign before sin ever enters the world, and therefore it is a part of God's perfect creation. He says to subdue the earth, fill it, and exercise dominion over it in Genesis 1.28. That is to take the natural resources that God is given to, to harness it, to maximize it, to create business, to create culture, entrepreneurship, all of those things that God has given. He's assigned work, and therefore work is godly. This is what uh, Psalm 128, verse 1 and 2 says, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his way. What does this mean? What does this mean? This means that if labor is godly, then laziness is ungodly. This means that if industry is a virtue, then idleness would then be a sin. God calls us to work in that it is good from the very beginning. Proverbs 10.4 says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. I love this quote from Elizabeth Elliot. This is what she says. Work is a blessing. God has so arranged the world that work is necessary, and he gives us hands and strength to do it. The enjoyment of leisure would be nothing if we only had leisure. It is the joy of work well done that enables us to enjoy rest, just as it is the experiences of hunger and thirst that make food and drink such pleasures. So our God works, and therefore work is good. 
and it is godly. Before continuing to talk about the blessing of work, however, we need to understand, as Pastor Rick mentioned last week, that work is now cursed. There's a reality of that in Genesis 3. If you know the story, you keep reading the story, you find out that work is now cursed. Right? Thorns and thistles, God says to Adam. What he's saying is you'll no longer be living in a garden that produces uh, fruit at all times, but you'll be living in an infested field. And as you have rebelled against the control of God, now the things that are under your control will rebel against you. And, and everyone who has put time in at work can say amen to that, right? That, that, that work is now cursed, and sometimes we feel the effects of that on a daily basis. Sin enters the world, and work becomes toil. Whatever you're trying to grow and cultivate it means that there will always be weeds to pull. It means there will always be challenges and obstacles to overcome. And, and you know what this feels like, right? It, it, if anyone spent any time at work at all, you know that work never is done, right? There's always more work left to do. Like you finally get that email inbox cleared out on your phone. You get that red notification off of there. And then someone sends out a reply all email to a, a group email that you had no interest in being a part of. And there goes that clean inbox, right? There's always something left to do. Moms, you know the feeling. You just finished that last load of laundry. And there's like a, there's like a cosmic connection, I think, between like when the, the laundry, when the, when the drawers are, are put in place, that you're, that is when your kid is going to puke. Like, and just spoil everything that you've cleaned. The work is never done. It never feels like it's done. I'm reminded of this around uh, the fall time with raking leaves, right? You rake the leaves up and go inside, and by the time you've had a drink of water, you look outside and the trees have covered your lawn again with more leaves. It's like, man, the work feels like it's never done. The curse didn't make work hard, I don't think. I think Adam was... Uh, was given a, a, a command to work hard, to do good at what he did. But what the curse did was make work frustrating and at times even fruitless. Work can feel fruitless at times, right? We know what it feels like. Employees not showing up to work when they're supposed to. Supply chain issues causing delays. Getting an assignment from your boss that just feels like a waste of time and company resources. There's office drama. The crops that were planted don't come up when you want them to. There's work that feels fruitless. There is a redeeming part of this, though, in the life of a Christian. And that is that only the, for the Christian is there redemption for the fruitless and even sometimes the, the cursed work that we feel, right? That even work done for the glory of God is not fruitless. It's used by God to draw us to himself. That at times when you feel like, man, this is a waste of time. Why am I doing this? I don't get enjoyment out of this. It feels fruitless. God can be teaching us in those moments to rely on him for provision, to look to him for our help, to get our worth from him and not from the work that we do. And so 
God reminds us in Romans chapter 8 that everything we do as believers, that we do it, it's, it, it's good for those who are called according to his purposes. So he works all things for the good. Even what can feel oftentimes like fruitless work, he works that for his good. And so this morning, I think the encouragement for us in this is to remain faithful even when the work might feel fruitless. To remain faithful, to do that work for the glory of God. And we'll, we'll get there next, which is, I mentioned at the beginning, why is work a blessing? So, so since God works, work is godly. And then our work is actually part of our worship. Our work is part of our worship. We are not just worshiping here this morning, church. You are worshiping tomorrow when you go into your office into your job. That is the reality of the Christian life, that we worship God in everything that we do. We can't just reduce it to four songs that we sing on a Sunday, right? Our worship as a Christian is every part of our lives. And so we worship even going to the office. The case study of this is Jesus Christ himself. For 30 years, Jesus comes to work Jesus comes to earth and goes to work, is what I meant to say. Jesus comes to earth and goes to work for 30 years. The Son of God, sent on mission, comes to earth and he goes to work. Working in his family business. Not casting out demons. Not walking on water. Not healing those who are sick. He's making tables and chairs. What was the will of God for Jesus at 27 years old on a Monday was to make the best table he could possibly make. And, and that was no different than the will of God for his life as the ministry began. Jesus comes to earth and he goes to work. That is, that is our example of what work looks like. Because we don't just need preachers, we need plumbers. We don't just need pastors, we need politicians who will rule righteously. We don't just need worship leaders up on a stage on Sunday church, we need worshipers in every sphere and in every business and in every place of culture. That's what we've been called to do, to exemplify Christ, not even just in our words, but in the way that we work, in the way that we bring excellence into the areas of life that God has called you. This is how we worship God with our work. See, oftentimes I think when we think about our faith in the workplace, at least my mind immediately goes to sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. Where are the opportunities to evangelize? And God has given me those over the years as I hope he's given you and will give you more. But you and I have a day in and day out opportunity to reflect the glory of God, the redemption work of the gospel as we go into our workplaces and we work with excellence with everything that we do to reflect the glory of God into what he's called us to, wherever he's called us to. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24, Pastor Rick shared it last week. I'll share it again. Whatever you do, 
work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's the Lord that we're serving. Work is a blessing. Why is it a blessing? Work is part of our worship, but also work is sacred and not secular. Work is sacred and not secular. This is what I'm saying this morning, that sometimes there can be this misunderstanding that some jobs are for the Lord and some jobs are, are, that's my secular job that I go to. James up on the stage preaching this morning, he, he's working for the Lord, but tomorrow when I go into my office, that's just regular work. No, there's, there's no secular for the believer. It's all sacred work that God has given us because we've been put on mission. Next to your family, you will spend the most time around those that you work around. Remember that 80,000 to 100,000 number? You will spend some time around people. And so we are called to be on mission to those people, and it is sacred work. Pastor Rick said last week that our real boss is not the man or woman that we think is our boss, but our real boss is Christ. That's what Colossians just said, right? That we work as to the Lord. And so you might have a really hard time working for your boss, but you serve the boss of all bosses, and you work for him, and his name is Jesus, and he is who we work for. And so it's not a difference between sacred or secular. It is all sacred work for the Lord and for the Christian. Ultimately, everything that we do flows out of devotion to the Lord. That is the life of a believer. Martin Luther said, your work is a very sacred matter. God delights in it. And through it, he wants to best his blessings on you. This praise of work should be inscribed on all tools, on the forehead and the faces that sweat from toiling. What he's saying is, I want it to be in front of you, to remind you at all times. The world does not consider labor a blessing, but flees from it and hates it. But the pious, the godly, who fear the Lord, labor with a ready and cheerful heart. What Luther understood is that as long as we are on planet Earth, as long as God has given you breath in your lungs this morning, that there is work to be done. There's work to be done. And so if you wait tables, wait tables for the glory of God. If you drive Uber, drive Uber for the glory of God. If you go into an office daily, do that for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. And you will find joy even in work that you might find insignificant. It is sacred work for the believer. I'm reminded in the book of Nehemiah how the city walls needed to be rebuilt. And, and who was used by God to do that? It was the skilled laborers who were used by God to build and to rebuild God had given them skills, and it was sacred work that they were doing as they rebuilt the city. There are so many vocations that God honors 
and his people do throughout his word. Let me give you a few. Carpentry, tent making, fishing, medicine, teaching, farming, politics, metalwork, music, finance, construction, cooking, office manager, athletics, banking, military service, mothering and fathering. Uh, the list goes on and on, but there are so many vocations that God shows us in his word that his people do, and he honors it and he blesses it for his glory. And retired saints, I, I'm not forgetting about you. Because there is still work left for you to do. Just because you do not have a vocation necessarily anymore, an office or a time card that you are punching in and punching out of, there is still work left to do that God has given you. Moses, in his last 40 years, led the people of God to, to the edge of the promised land, through the wilderness, through difficult times. Caleb, although he was advanced in years, he said, I'm not taking a vacation. Give me the biggest challenge. Give me the biggest giants. I'm ready to go. He wasn't retiring. Uh, the Apostle John, writing books of the Bible, serving the Lord and doing what God had called him to do. There's still work left for you to do. There's still plenty that God wants to do with you and do through you and in you. As, as we move throughout Scripture, I, I believe we actually see not a diminishing of work, but a, but a heightening of work. This is what the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12 says. Paul, talking to the church there in Thessalonica, says, And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Paul's saying, we go to work. There's work to do. Put your hands to it and work. There's meaningful work left to be done. Your work matters. And so lastly, I just want to bring us all the way through the end. So we started in Genesis. We've seen the Psalms. We've seen what Paul has to say in the New Testament. What is Revelation? What does the end of the book have to say about work? As we kind of get this full picture throughout Scripture of what work is. Revelation chapter 22 in verse 3 says this, No longer will there be anything accursed but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. There are other translations that say serve him. There, there is meaningful work left to be done, and there is meaningful work for us to do in eternity. There was meaningful work in the beginning. There will be meaningful work for us to do at the end as we serve God. The idea that, that you and I will be sitting on clouds playing harps and just kind of chilling and passing the time, that's not biblical. It's not a biblical idea that we get from the scriptures that there's going to be work, meaningful work for us to do in heaven as a part of the new Jerusalem and as a part of our worship unto God. And isn't that the best type of work? No more office drama. Right? No more uh, fruitless work, no more boss that you can't stand, 
right? No more fruitless work, but meaningful work in light of eternity. This work will be instantly rewarding, constantly refreshing, and perfectly suited for who you were created to be. That's what this work will be. I, I would... I would be foolish, I think, to move past, as we talk about work, that there is good work, right? We said since, since God works, work is godly, work is part of our worship, work is sacred and not secular, there will be meaningful work for us in eternity, but church, and, and speaking to those to remind you this morning, that there is a work that you and I cannot do. There is a work that you and I cannot do. It is, it is something that we get only as a free gift by the work of another. And that is Jesus Christ on the cross and his work for you and I. We've been giving meaningful work. Ephesians 2 tells us we've been created for good works, right? That he's prepared beforehand. But we are not saved by our work. We are not saved by our good works. That is only by the work of another, and his name is Jesus Christ. And his blood shed for us as we put our faith and trust in him. That is where life is found. That is where our work takes on deep and meaningful significance. That is where we see fruit come from our work when we are doing it for him when we're doing it for his good and his glory. And he works that in us. And so this morning, if you are trusting in your own work, your own ability to keep the rules, to close the gap between you and God, we need to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your call this morning. Don't trust in your own work. Trust in the work that Christ has done on your behalf. And so do you know what your assignment is? Do you know what your assignment is? Do you know what God's called you to do? Where has he placed you tomorrow morning? Where has he placed you this afternoon? Do you know what the assignment is that God has put right in front of you? What are the gifts that God has given you? Are you finding joy in it, knowing that you don't serve an earthly boss, but you serve a loving and heavenly father? Is your assignment being done for your glory and the praise of man? Or is it being done for the glory of God? Whether it's systems and spreadsheets, whether it's raising kids at home, whether it's working with your hands, are you working in a way that it matters forever? Are you working in a way that is honoring to the Lord? And how can you honor God in your work today? We're going to sing a song of worship together and just praise God. But before we do that, I want to take a moment to just go before God in prayer. And as we seek him to, to lay these things in our heart. God, what is it that you want to do in my life? What is the work that you've placed in front of me that I haven't been seeing as significant? I've been seeing as kind of a waste of time. And yet you have something good for me in that. What is it that I've been 
putting off to do, and yet I know that you've called me to do it, and today I can step into that because you are calling me. What work do I just feel exhausted by? And you say this morning, God, I need the strength to take the next step. I need your strength. I need your Holy Spirit to fill me once again so that I can continue to do. I know you've called me to do it. I know you've called me to do it, but I need the strength to take the next step. Maybe that's you this morning, and I want to just take a moment to go before God, the giver of good work, the giver of all good things, and ask for strength this morning. So why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, I am grateful this morning that you have illuminated our eyes to the, the, the goodness of the work that you've placed in front of us. Father, I thank you that you have given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And this morning, I ask you to just give us a fresh perspective of the work that you've assigned for us to do here on earth. God, I pray for the saint, the brother or sister who is feeling tired and exhausted and overwhelmed in their work. They don't know how they'll uh, make it through this week. They feel like they're holding on. God, I pray that you would give them strength to, to do what you have called them to do, God, to step into the work that you've placed in front of them and to do it with joy and to do it wanting to honor and to serve you. Father, I pray that we would not see work as a waste of time, but instead we see it as a sacred gift that you've given us as your people. And when we step into it, ready to serve you, ready to get to work. God, would this be a church marked by that and known by people that are excellent in the way that they step into their workplaces so that others might say, I want to know the God that you know. I want to know what you have. God, may that be us. God, may we not trust in our work, but trust in your finished work on our behalf. Fill us anew today so that we might continue to serve you in the work that you've placed in front of us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.